Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Teeson. It was another rough week for Canadian media as Chorus was the latest to make layoffs amid a soft pandemic advertising climate. We'll have more on that on the podcast next week, but today we turn to another hot-button topic, the issue of diverse representation within Canadian broadcasting. Laith Maroof has been fighting for more diversity in Canadian media for more than a decade. His background in community radio and television led him to help found the Community Media Advocacy Centre, which believes that any real change has to start with the CRTC and more transparency at the public broadcaster. To that end, the organization has filed a procedural request with the Commission to compel the CBC to release detailed employment equity data as part of its upcoming license renewal process. I spoke to Maroof, who lives in Montreal, from Beirut, where members of the organization have been consulting and currently find themselves waiting out the current pandemic wave. Sorry, there's uh, <laughs> the mosque beside me here doing their call to prayer. So maybe I'll, I'll hold on. We are in, uh, in Beirut. We've been stuck here now because of Corona uh, travel restrictions. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we had contracts here to do this similar work in uh, Lebanon. I'm half uh, Palestinian, half Syrian. Uh, so, yeah, I'm an Arab and uh, this is my region. We've, uh, we do, you know, CMAC does work not only in Canada, it does uh, work around the world. In, uh, we've done work in Brazil, in Mexico in South Africa and uh, the Middle East. Okay, so you, you're stuck there because of COVID? Yes, yes. They okay. just opened uh, the airport uh, this week, but then we were looking at the uh, numbers in Montreal, and uh, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if we want to go back right now. So my, my main drive was always about representation. This is, you know, I didn't study media. I studied political science. And uh, that drove me to the understanding of the importance of media and representation and how that changes uh, society's uh, views of communities and uh, their ability to access their equal rights. And through this journey of going from print to radio to television and eventually to administration of media, uh, it was clear that, uh, you know, beyond just creating the media itself, uh, there is a, another battle for uh, employment and access and reflection in the media sphere in Canada specifically. Um, and the higher you got up in the uh, media echelons, the less uh, representation there was and the more difficult it was to initiate any change. And uh, so uh, at one point uh, I was elected as the equity officer at the National Community Radio Association. You know, this position I thought would uh, allow me to uh, institute some changes or help to bring in some concrete uh, developments in the community radio sector. But what it actually led to 
is uh, more confrontation and more isolation uh, and targeting. Um, so uh, that, that, you know, experience of seeing how community radio on the one hand creates a lot of programming uh, that is uh, led by uh, communities that are visible minorities or indigenous or women or uh, LGBTQ people in that didn't translate to jobs uh, within that sector and or positions on board of boards of directors uh, in these radio stations and uh, you know after working around 10 years uh, within the uh, national community campus radio association the ncra and and not being able to uh, to implement any actual change we decided that uh, we need to create an organization that specifically is uh, dealing with the priorities of uh, in, you know, visible minorities, indigenous people, people with disabilities uh, within the media sector. So a lot of the media producers and uh, you know, managers and so on within the sector that were coming from those communities that were not able to have their voice or their priorities dealt with, decided to create the Community Media Advocacy Center um, and to put all our efforts into that without having to negotiate our right to uh, existence within spaces like the NCRA and others. Leith, why do you think that no actionable change came from your efforts at the NCRA? When we're talking about actionable change, that means employment, uh, that means positions of power, and that doesn't come uh, without a battle. A lot of times it is very taxing on uh, people's uh, health uh, to have to be in constant confrontation. I can give you an example, uh, you know, the most uh, progressive community radio station in the country, CKUT uh, Radio in, in Montreal. Uh, which, which is one of the few stations that actually produce any news, uh, original news content in the community radio sector. Uh, the majority of the producers and the majority of the shows are from uh, non-white uh, communities. But over a quarter of a decade, 25 years of uh, monitoring their employment and or their board of directors, you could see that that, didn't translate to each other and whenever these producers attempted to uh, access employment or representation on these boards uh, you know they, they ended up having uh, big fights uh, with the employees and or the boards of directors and and so if you if you if you take this example of this radical or progressive station and then you translate it to isolated stations in uh, communities that are small or homogeneous and that are rural, then you could see how uh, that becomes even more difficult. Uh, so, you know, there is also the issues of how the policies at the CRTC are written. Unfortunately, currently, there is an apartheid on the airwaves in Canada. There is a clear segregation between indigenous broadcasters, ethnic broadcasters, French broadcasters, and English broadcasters. Whenever a person coming from a visible minority community 
wants to address their you know exclusion from uh, the mainstream media they're told that they should go to the ethnic broadcasting sector and if an indigenous person is also asking for the same thing they're told to go to the indigenous broadcasting section which makes it a clear apartheid on the airwaves um, and the fact that the CRTC itself is is not a representative body, uh, it's also very homogeneous. It sets the priorities of what the CRTC is is going to work on and how it's going to address these issues. Um, and we've tried over the last five, six years to promote the idea of appointing more visible minorities, more indigenous people, more people with disabilities, and or people coming from the community uh, nonprofit sector to be appointed as commissioners at the CRTC so they can prioritize these issues. And that hasn't translated to a reality. Uh, last year, the CRTC uh, appointed its first ever indigenous woman. And that she's one of only four people in the 60 somewhat years history of, to be appointed that is not white. A large part of the issue seems to be that with uh, particularly private commercial broadcasters, we don't know how diverse our media organizations are because companies don't want to release breakdowns. And, and I do find some irony in that because it's an industry where the journalists within that company would demand answers from others in situations like this. Do you want to talk about that lack of reporting? when it comes to the public broadcaster and the procedural requests that you've put before the CRTC? Why do you think the public broadcaster isn't compelled to release those? Because the numbers are damning. Um, you know, the, already the very few numbers that the CBC presented on their record that are very general clearly show that the CBC is not reaching uh, its uh, diversity obligations um, and it's not delivering on its, its obligations under the uh, Broadcasting Act and the Canadian Charter and the obligations of international law that it has to abide by. So, you know, they, there's all this general, you know, hippie, happy tune to the CBC's documents that they put on record, uh, which talk about uh, supposed work that they're trying to do to achieve these equity goals. But in reality, when you uh, look at the numbers that we obtained through leaks, basically, uh, it shows that uh, there's very little progress in uh, changes to um, you know, giving access to employment for visible minorities, indigenous people, people with this, living with disabilities. If you compare the changes that happened in employment at the CBC over the last decade, you realize it's going to take them you know, half a century uh, at the pace that they're working on to actually accurately reflect the ethnic and indigenous numbers within the population of Canada. So there's very, very little change that is happening. What do your numbers tell you about what that pace is? And, and now the public broadcaster, uh, you know, within the last month has committed to, I think, a one-to-one -one hiring ratio when it comes to diverse hiring. Are, are you encouraged by that or are you skeptical? The external hire rate right now, according to the documents that we received for 
visible minorities uh, from last year, it claims to be uh, 28% uh, for the year 2019-2020. And for indigenous people, 1.7%. Uh, and for persons with disabilities, 3%. But when you look at the turnover rate uh, for these communities, it is much higher than that for either able-bodied white males and or able-bodied uh, white women. So overall, there hasn't been much of any change in the total numbers of uh, visible minorities, indigenous people, uh, people uh, with disabilities uh, as uh, employees at the corporation. It's very minute change because of the attrition rate uh, of uh, people that get fired and or get fed up of uh, having to deal with systemic racism within the uh, corporation. So it, it, it takes a either a person that is non-confrontational, uh, that is uh, willing to accept any direction that comes from, uh, let's say, uh, their... You, you know, their white editor or their white manager and keeping their mouth shut uh, for them to be uh, able to sustain a working condition at the CBC. And that's also could be extrapolated for the rest of the media spectrum in Canada. And or it requires, uh, you know, people just packing up and leaving and trying to find some other place where they don't feel that they have to be combative at uh, every turn within their uh, you know daily work routine do you feel that discussion around this issue has evolved is any of it helpful and and are you encouraged by anything you've heard you know since discussion has been renewed in this area well i'm i'm very happy that uh, a lot of uh, people uh, from visible minority communities and indigenous nations that work at the CBC uh, had the opportunity to air out uh, the issues of uh, systemic racism and discrimination at the corporation. Unfortunately, it comes as a result of murder of unarmed uh, civilians in the United States and in Canada, uh, abusive relationships between the police forces and the and these communities on the one hand i'm very happy that all these workers that had probably to survive uh, a decade or so of abuse within the cbc to finally be able to say their story and tell it to the world i'm just also very worried that once the attention on black lives matter uh, starts to fade away that that also will fade away as an attention. And, you know, ultimately, the change has to be structural. Uh, it cannot be cosmetic. And uh, that requires policy. And then we are stuck in this situation where the CRTC itself has problems with uh, structural and systemic racism. And how can that body that has these uh, problems uh, try to solve the same problems? So what do you see as a path forward, Leif? The path forward is for the CRTC to take its responsibility and its duties 
correctly and uh, start stop being uh, captured by the uh, media uh, interests, uh, the the industry and interests. We know the law is very clear. Media outlets are supposed to uh, re give reflection, access, and employment to Canadians of all backgrounds, including uh, giving a special place to Indigenous uh, nations. We know that none of the major media outlets, including the CBC, are delivering on those obligations. The question is, why is the CRTC, which is uh, a tribunal with the powers of a superior court, uh, not actually enforcing the law? In our experience over the past five years, the CRTC keeps on picking the puck down the road and uh, saying, let's you know, give another chance. Instead of obliging these media outlets to deliver on their obligations, they are actually uh, giving them uh, um, you know, suggestions of delivering on these obligations. There's a, you know, a few things that we didn't touch on within our procedural uh, letter, letter their request. And one of them is that the CBC did not provide any information on the reflection aspect. So until now, we've been pulling teeth to try to get information on the employment obligation. What about the reflection? How much programming is the CBC producing beyond the news that is reflective of indigenous and visible minority communities or persons with disabilities and then study what are they centered around what's the story about who's hired as 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 actors who's the directors and also look at their budgets is if if there is some shows that are supposed to reflect indigenous people and or visible minorities are they actually being supplied with the same budgets that the uh, more mainstream shows are. And so, you know, the obligation under the law is for giving access, for giving reflection, and giving employment. And up till now, we have only touched the issue of, em of employment. And we will need to hold the C CBC accountable to the issue of uh, reflection also. And I, I have had journalists within some of the big media organizations say to me, it's not just about overall representation. You know, it's about the specific whiteness of certain high profile shows, you know, whether it's power in politics or the national or, you know, global national that could use a diverse perspective. Yes. And, you know, if, if you looked at the numbers that we uh, attached with our uh, procedural uh, request, you would see that, you know, the representation in management is much worse than the representation overall. And unfortunately, the numbers that we received mixed together four different layers of uh, management. So we are presuming that the higher you get in the management uh, strata, the more homogeneously uh, white it is, uh, because you know this is the overall trend. It's a little bit harder to pinpoint the same thing with the corporate uh, sector 
um, because you know it's it, it's privately owned, you know, and people can choose whoever they want to uh, put on their boards of directors with their own money. But this is the national broadcaster that is supposed to reflect uh, the people uh, of Canada with their amazing diversity and. Uh, that is not happening and and, in, and it's 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 a scandal our thanks to Leif Maroof and Gretchen King from the Community Media Advocacy Center for more on their work visit cmacenter.ca for broadcast dialogue the podcast i'm connie Teeson. thanks for listening to broadcast dialogue For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.